0: Well, the text for this evening is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it's verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, that's the text. The context has to do with uh, generosity and giving to the needs of the saints. Paul was writing into a situation where a church in one area, or a number of churches, were, were going to send a gift to some poor saints in another area and he was in, encouraging them in this previously promised gift that's found in verse uh, 7 of that uh, or verse actually verse 5 well the whole the whole section there of of chapter 9 but the verse that we're dealing with tonight has to do with verse 15 thanks be to God for his indescribable gift So what gifts are he talking about? Well, you might think he's talking about grace because he mentions that in verse 14. Or you might think he's talking about the various provisions that God makes for us in this life. You see that uh, in some of the verses prior to verse 15. Uh, You could think he's talking about the gift of eternal life or the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, all those things are important. But I think that the gift that he's thinking of and the one that really includes all these other gifts is the gift of his son. Uh, in other words, it was not something, but someone that he was talking about. Uh, Romans 8:32 says, He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? So whatever gifts God gives, they're all wrapped up in that one great gift of his son. All of God's giving flows from that one great gift. All of God's giving, all of our giving really flows from that one great gift, if we're a Christian. So that's what we want to look at tonight, this great gift. Um, You know, he was encouraging them in their giving. But in the midst of all that, or right at the end of all that, just it's almost... um, out of nowhere, he just, he just says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And the fact is that we give, if we're Christians, because God first gave. Uh, we love because he first loved us. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So what he's doing here is he's, he's showing us that the, the main motive in the Christian life is gratitude. That's, if you don't do what you do in the Christian life out of gratitude, you're probably not doing it for the right reason. The, the primary uh, motive, the main motive in the Christian life is gratitude. He saved us, he rescued us, Um, he loved us, All all of that in Christ. And so because of that, then we do what we do because of gratitude. So Paul says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's pray here before we go on. Father, we pray that you would help us in understanding more of what you've done for us, that we might better serve you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul calls this gift indescribable. Um, I think the King James says unspeakable. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Elsewhere, Paul speaks of the unsearchable riches that we have in Christ. So, the point of all those words there has to do with the fact that uh, what we're talking about is beyond a compare, beyond description. We can't fathom what God has done for us in Christ. It's unsearchable. We can't adequately explain it. It's indescribable. So, obviously, we're at kind of a problem here, and I ought to sit down. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead. Uh, you know... It takes the work of the Holy Spirit to help us to know and understand the things that are freely given to us by God. So, if God would help, even these indescribable, unsearchable things can uh, be helpful to us here this evening as we think on them. Consider, then, the great gift of God's Son. First of all, in the Incarnation. This is something indescribable, the fact that God became man. Uh, You know, language is inadequate. You try to deal with something like this and you just can't do it. Uh, How can we fathom or explain the eternal second person of the Trinity, the one of whom John says, all things came into being by him, Um, the only begotten who is in the bosom of the Father, at one point... In time, came into human history. You can't explain that, you can't fathom it. Um, and he came in to human history as a baby in a feeding trough. Uh, here's God sending his son into this wicked world of sin and disease and death and degradation. And he, and he sends him in as a baby, helpless. One writer put it this way. This newborn babe was the everlasting God come down to earth. This infant, with no language but a cry, was the eternal word that spoke the worlds out of the womb of nothing. This, His tiny arms, the tiny arms of this helpless child were the limbs of him who laid the timbers of the universe. Well, that's just a poetic way of saying we can't understand this. This is incredible. Uh, you know, we sing this song at Christmas time: "Hark the herald angels sing." And one of the verses talks about this: "Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold Him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our." Emmanuel so when we think of the incarnation surely we would say that this would bring forth this praise here thanks be to God for his indescribable gift just in the incarnation we're talking about something that's indescribable but then if you go on and consider the life and teachings of Christ you know it was said that never did a man speak the way he he spoke. Never did a man live the way he lived. There's none to compare him with. He's unique in a class by himself. And his life and teachings have changed the course of history. I mean, we even date, you know, whatever year it is by his birth. And if you think of all that, uh, the things that have come about just because of the teaching, uh, I'm, I'm not even talking about conversion, but just the teachings of Christ, how it's changed the whole mindset of of the world. So again, I have to say that language breaks down under the, the uh, load of trying to talk of what Christ did, how he lived, his humanity and the divinity of Christ. He not only spoke the truth, he was the truth. Um, he is the truth. He not only spoke of a perfect way to live he lived the perfect life Uh, the grandest themes or the greatest teachers in the history of the world don't hold a candle to his teaching and his character conformed perfectly to his teaching Um, he went about doing good and healing every kind of disease and sickness he exposed hypocrisy and yet loved the unlovable one uh, Historian Philip Schaff said it this way. He's, he combined childlike innocency with manly strength, absorbing devotion to God with untiring interest in the welfare of man, tender love to the sinner with uncompromising severity against sin, commanding dignity with winning humility, fearless courage with wise caution, unyielding firmness with sweet gentleness. He never had a life like that, you see. In him was life, and his life was the light of men. Here was a man walking this earth, who is the radiance of God's, God's glory. That's what we're saying, you know, what we're told in Hebrews. He was the radiance of God's glory, and the exact representation of God's nature. Walking on earth here amongst, living, teaching amongst sinful people. The sinless Son of God living among sinful people. Well, uh, what can you say? It's, it's an indescribable thing. The fact that Christ lived and taught here on earth. One song put it this way, The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine at noonday His glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. So when we think of this light that God has shown upon this dark world through the life and teaching of Jesus Christ, what can we say but thanks be to God for his indescribable gift? Or you can go on and contemplate the major event in his life, that is the cross. The gift of God involved indescribable sacrifice and suffering that was the only way that men could be saved an indescribable uh, event the cross of christ he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all delivered him up for us all think of that christ the god the father delivered up the son for us all there was no mere martyr's death this was the predetermined plan and purpose of God now here again we 're talking about something that 's indescribable. This is the predetermined plan and purpose of God that his sinless son would be nailed to a cross by godless men that 's unfathomable. Good. We read, we read over these things and, and you know we got, we've got to let them uh, sink down and realize we, we hardly know what we're saying. For instance, when we read Isaiah 53.10, the Lord was pleased to crush Him, putting Him to grief. That's talking about the Father being pleased to crush the Son, putting Him to grief. That's indescribable. The Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on Him. So again, on the, just in that area of the cross, we're trying to utter the unutterable here when we, when we talk about it. It's, it's beyond us, what happened there in the darkness on the cross. You know, the theologians had to make up a word for it. They, they came up with this word atonement, at because there was nothing to, no word that fit what was happening there where God and man could be brought at one with one another through the death of Christ, an atonement. Tis mystery all the immortal dies. Who can explore his strange design? I mean, we sing these songs, and that's what we're, you know, we're, we're trying to express, the inexpressible. Tis mystery. Uh, the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. What's he saying? It's indescribable. You see, that's what the song is saying. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. So, again, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. But if we go past the cross and recognize the fact that Christ did not stay in the grave, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes, we come to the resurrection in the present position of Christ reigning as king death could not keep its prey. Jesus, my Saviour. He tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose the victor of the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints terrain. So right now, ascended there in heaven, at the right hand of the Father, He is exalted above all. Um and there It says he ever lives to make intercession for his people and to give gifts to men. We're talking about gifts. See, he is the gift, and he gives gifts. Uh, So the point I'm making here is that this is not just, he's not just a historical figure, but a present power and reality. And just what he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. As a song says, "We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. He's right now, by the grace of God, delivering men and women from sin and bondage and despair, from self and Satan. Uh, again, you can't. How can you describe these things? What what Christ is doing right now in this world for His people, for you and I." Uh, Forgiving, cleansing, giving us victory over sin. Words are not sufficient. Peter spoke of rejoicing with joy unspeakable. And, you know, that's why Wesley said, you need a thousand tongues to deal with this. Oh, four thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King. So Paul says, in relationship to that, the present position of Christ in his work right now in the world, uh, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Or you could go on and talk about the second coming of Christ and the consummation of all things. Here here we're talking about things, you know, that we, we we don't know really what we're saying when we're talking about the resurrection of the just and the unjust and the judgment seat of Christ and the new heavens and the new earth and the city uh, that has no need of sun or moon uh, for the glory of God illumines, and the li- and the lamp is the lamb, and its lamp is the lamb when we're talking about God wiping away every tear and uh, about us- reigning with Christ uh, forever and ever what What can you say you know thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Uh, We're talking about indescribable things here. Well, I wanted to um, use a few thoughts here from Jeffrey Thomas. This is kind of a paraphrase, but he said it this way. He said, the gift is indescribable because of the one who gave it, the living God, the one who uh, in the beginning created the heavens and the earth. The one who upholds all things and sustains everything. Uh, Our life and our breath is in his hand. Uh, This is the one who gave the gift, you see. The holy one, the unchangeable one. The one, the almighty one. The one who will judge all the earth. So the gift is indescribable because of the one who gave it. The gift is indescribable because of him who brought it the Son, the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the one who is absolutely equal with the Father and with the Spirit in His being and His perfections. And the gift is indescribable because of what it cost Him for us to receive it. The gift is indescribable because of the cost. Although He existed in the form of God, He emptied Himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being formed, in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And then the gift is indescribable because of what it will do. It gives a new heart. It makes a new creation. It makes all things new. It makes it so that we can be adopted into the family of God. It makes us sons and daughters, joint heirs with Christ. The gift ends the dominion of sin in our lives. The gift joins us to Him, puts us in Christ, and puts Christ in us. The gift makes us more and more like Him, making us willing to serve and love others. The gift will take us right on to heaven and will on that great day present us perfectly conformed to His image. All that's involved, you see, In this gift that we're talking about. So, what can you say? But thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So, really, the final thing to consider is is that the testimony of our lives and lips? Not our works, not our goodness, not our group, you see, but God's gift. His indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift.